Hi and welcome to this Formula One podcast. I'm Oscar and I'm joined as usual by my co-host. Hello, I'm Daniel. And we're here today to talk about the upcoming Tuscan Grand Prix. But first, let's look at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. But before we actually get to the race, we're going to talk about what happened or what was announced on the Thursday coming up to the race. In where Sir Frank and Claire Williams announced their decision to step down from the Williams F1 team. And that would happen right after the race was over, pretty much. So at the time of recording, they are no longer part of the Williams F1 team. And I don't know about you, but for me, that came a little little bit as a shock. Yeah, like it came out of nowhere, like in this short, they will do it now. Like, yeah, I was more like, uh, wait a minute, maybe they will say this a few races before they do it or something. But what? Yeah, because we know they've been bought up. They're now owned. The Williams F1 race team is now uh, owned by Doralton Capital. Um, and they got their uh, their funding that way. But I always thought that as long as Dalton wanted her to stay, I, I thought Claire would still be leading the team and Sir Frank still being in the background. But even though Dalton actually wanted them to stay, she actually said, no, I'm, uh, I need to step away. And to be fair, I don't... <laughs> yeah, I have nothing against them for doing this at all it's just sad to to lose those two uh yeah those two amazing people behind the williams f1 team absolutely yeah in the, and in the middle of the season also yeah yeah so it's the weird thing I, if they li- would leave uh, why not at the end of the season but i guess they didn't even want to l- wait that long yeah but I, I guess they had a reason so yeah and i'm sure there's lots of things we don't know um, that's going behind the scenes on, on what what they talked about with Dorothy when they bought them up, and you know, there's a load of stuff we don't know. But yeah, sad to see them go, but still going to be interesting to see what Williams can do. And now, what 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 new team boss will be assigned? Because yeah, right now what I know is still an empty position, or maybe they have announced someone, but I haven't heard anything about it anyway. But yeah, with that done, let's actually go talk about the race. I can actually, uh, I just checked the website here oh. for this thing. And let's see her name. We have Simon Roberts as uh, acting team principal, at least. Well, there we go. Simon Roberts. I don't have a good, uh, I don't know really who that is, but... We have a name. Me neither, but I've heard before that they talked about having someone there temporarily from inside the team that joined them, I think, from McLaren coming into the season. I might be wrong, and that not might not even yeah, be this guy. He has been the deputy team principal since 2013. For Williams or for McLaren? Uh, let's see here. Apparently, he has been in Williams, if I'm not reading it wrong. 
Alright, so that's not the guy. Fair enough. It's another guy that I didn't know about. <laughs> but just well, no, that was clear. She has been in the team, sorry for that. But still. Uh, oh. I, I think they will uh, like exchange the guy soon. Well, I don't think I think soon is the wrong word. They they are definitely already looking for a permanent solution. But this is a very important decision. Oh yeah. And I don't think they should. They have now a temporary solution in place. And they are at the bottom of of the, of the pyramid when it comes to F1. So it's not like they're going to lose that much even if they're less. You know, they they can't really lose anything. Yeah. So it's worth it taking the time and finding what they think is a perfect fit for how the team is looking right now and where they want to go in the future. Yeah, I would personally like think about this during the rest of the season. Yeah. I don't see why not. Like give it the rest of the season and and yeah, during off season they might announce who it is or you know, get that like there's no rush. It doesn't feel like that from the outside anyway. So yeah, it's better to get that really get the good uh, exactly what they're after than quickly getting one in and then finding out pretty much that it wasn't it wasn't correct. Yeah, really and to really clarify who it is, he has been uh, managing directors since June. Oh, okay. Sammy Francis? Yeah, apparently. Oh. Alright. But I don't have a lot about the guy, I'm just seeing like, the headlines. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's it important to have someone with a little bit insight in the team, in this role, until we they figure out who will lead them into the future. Yeah, I said I don't think they can. <laughs> I'm not saying that Claire did a bad job, but I don't think you can get uh, much worse just because they have a temporary guy in there. So, yeah, if I could send a message to Rolton, I would say take your time and find one that really suits your plans for the team. Yeah, it's really important, it's a really, really important position. All right, now let's move on to the race. <laughs> and as expected from qualifying, we had Lewis Hamilton starting P1, Ado Bottas, Sainz, Perez, Verstappen, Norris, and Ricardo. And I'm saying the top seven because, well, at the start of the race, Bottas had a howler. And Verstappen didn't have the best start either. At the start, at the end of the start-finish race, Sainz had passed Bottas. Bottas was now third. Cut a few quarters later, and Perez uh, gets past Bottas. Bottas now fourth. Sorry, no, Norris passes him first. Norris goes into third, then Perez, and then Ricardo. All passing Bottas on the first lap. Bottas is down in sixth. Yeah, that was a shocker, really. Like, I was just thinking, what is happening with Bottas? Yeah, and at the end of the race, he was he was saying over team radio, I think I'm having a puncture, I think I'm having a puncture. 
because apparently the, the car wasn't handling the way it, it, he thought it should be should be and they said no everything is fine on, on our side like uh, tire pressures are good and we don't see anything there's no damage on the front wing you know nothing they could see from from the pit so yeah he just had to continue his race but he didn't get much better no like it was a bad race if you look at he, he, how good he is normally yeah and yeah we thought hamilton bottas and verstappen coming into this race first few laps as said hamilton was still first he was running away with it bottas down to sixth and verstappen i don't know if it was seventh i don't know actually where he was because i haven't actually looked this up i should have but he was also falling backwards so already our predictions looked um not too likely to happen <laughs> no but uh, like it, i'm actually i'm always satisfied when the record is broken yeah like it's really broken like the, the like this doesn't happen anymore because we're thinking hamilton bought us rest up in every race yeah. for a while but no yeah well it's, it started really well when it comes to not being like that again and let's jump to what happened on, on lap six because lap six sebastian vettel going into turn one uh, hitting the brakes and nothing happened <laughs> he went just completely straight and yeah brakes did not work going almost full speed in the in a f1 car and your brakes don't respond i don't think that's very fun <laughs> No, there, there's when you get really, really scared. Yeah. And I, I'm actually surprised that Vettel made it all the way around the lap, actually into the pit, before he actually stopped. I thought he would just pull over uh, normally, but I guess he, yeah, he managed to, maybe it's safer to, to stop in there, but I didn't think he would yeah. actually make it and back. Any other corner on that racetrack, and he would have be planted that car in the wall. Yeah, like it was the perfect place for brakes to fail. And you can actually see on uh, uh, a replay angle from behind, his left rear brakes were actually burning before getting to turn one on that lap. Like there was fire <laughs> by his uh, left rear tire. So I don't know what happened to cause them to, to fail, but yeah failed it did and he was out of the race yeah they were talking something about brake line and uh, that i think that's a t more a theory than yeah. actual explanation yeah it was during the race and i haven't heard any interview with them about that and we're probably not going to hear more what it was before we get to the next race so yeah but moving on from lap six we had a, f a few laps of good racing and Hamilton still pulling away and cars behind trying science in second trying to keep ahead Norris in third trying to keep Paris behind him doing quite a good job and then on lap 18 right at the end Magnussen getting a gearbox issues issue has to leave the track right in front of the pit entrance which not only 
forced out the safety car, but also closed the pit entry. And if you're already looking bad with the Bottas start and Verstappen start, and them not being able to climb up to this point, it just got even worse for our prediction because barely 10-15 seconds after the safety car been released and the pit entry closed, Hamilton goes into the pits to put on a new set of tires. And yeah, he didn't know it at the time and the team was slow to react about the pit entry being closed. But yeah, it was inevitable really to get a penalty and, and he did. And he wasn't alone. Giovinazzi way further down the field at this point, also pitted while the pit entry was closed. And I don't know why, because he was way further back. Surely Alfa Romeo would have seen that the pit entry was closed at this point. Oh yeah, that was a, like a really short case. They didn't even uh, hesitate to punish him. Yeah, it, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> I mean, Hamilton, in a way, I can understand, like I said, it just happened 10, 15 seconds ago. Uh, the Ferrari team, oh, sorry, the Mercedes team hadn't looked at the monitors for the uh, news from the uh, from the uh, FIA about uh, closing down the pit lane. And yeah, they, they missed it. They saw it a bit too late. But for Giovinazzi to do that, for me, I had plenty of time to see yeah, that uh, it was close. And I think that's why the Giovinazzi decision came straight away. Yeah. That was like, that, that was the, uh, one of the fastest decisions on a penalty on someone I have seen in a while. Yes. Yeah, I think he got the penalty while the safety car was still out running. Yeah. But the and it was out running for maybe f three laps or something yeah, like Ham that. Ham okay. The decision with Hamilton actually took a while. Yeah. And I can understand that because they had to make sure could Hamilton actually see the flags? Was uh, was there a flag that he could see that showed him that the pin ending was closed? And I think that's why it took some time to make sure that he actually got a warning about it. You know, like uh, or that that they showed him to me out on the track before he actually went in. And they found video evidence that was broadcast over live that yes, he could have seen if he looked at that. Um, I wouldn't say flag, but that part of the circuit you, where they show this thing. Yeah, it was really it was, clear. It, it, was, it was visible. But yeah, in the end, they both got 10 second go, 10 second stop go penalty, which means they have to go into the pits, stay for 10 seconds, and they go out without changing tires, without doing any work on the car. So if a normal pit stop takes like 20 seconds, well, you're losing. 25 to 30 here. So, yeah, it's the, it's the harshest, I believe, I believe it's the harshest penalty they can give out without a straight up black flag. Yeah, You're not allowed to race anymore, disqualified from the race. Yeah. So, yeah, that leaning, uh, looming over them, restarting, Hamilton once again uh, racing away, and I think they. Yeah, no, they knew at this point, I think, that he had a penalty. But 
I don't remember, actually. I don't remember if he knew he had a penalty at this point. But he was racing away, trying to build out a gap again. Yeah, Leclerc had an amazing start from, from uh, behind the safety car, overtaking both the Alfa Romeos, who once been the fastest Ferrari out there. And it looked kind of good for him until the last corner of lap 24, where Leclerc lost the rear, lost the rear end and hit the, bar uh, the wheel, sorry, the tire barrier hard and brought out a red flag. Now, Leclerc was okay. He managed to jump out and run away from the car. So he, he was good, yeah. luckily. It, it was a little bit scared to see it live in the race, but yeah, no damage done to him. And nothing that the, um, the, the doctors found on him either. So good to know that, but they had to repair the tire bearer, and therefore it, it, it went the red flag. And it took probably about 25, 30 minutes or so while this was uh, happening. So. Oh yeah, there it was there Hamilton like started uh, protesting and not harshly protesting, but he wanted to talk with the referee. Sort of yeah, he yeah. wanted clarification, like why did I get it and you know. Yeah, and after they showed him the clip, he was just seemed like, like okay, yeah. fair I enough. Yeah, we screwed up. Yeah, and I think personally, I think it's more on the team side than his, because they should have told him. Um, yes, they he could have seen it, but the team should tell. They him, should have a in. guy watching that monitor. <laughs> yeah, and even that, they literally told him, "Yeah, come in pit," and then tried to stop him at the very last second. When they noticed, oh wait, it's close, but it was too late. Hamilton was already in. So yeah, for uh, Mercedes, very rare mistake by Mercedes yeah. pit crew. So, but then at the final red flag was over, and at the restart we had Hamilton in first, Stroll second, Gasly third. He was racing tenth for the entire race until the safety car of Magnussen, Raikkonen in fourth. Giovinazzi in fifth, but still having that 10 second go start and stop go penalty, just as Hamilton. Then we had Sainz, Norris, Bottas in eighth, Latifi in ninth, a Williams starting in the points, yeah. and Ricardo in tenth. And yeah, so with Hamilton having the penalty to take, Stroll was pretty much in P1 at the time. And even though it was still early in the race, he, he, was, he, he was in the lead. But a, just like Bottas had an abysmal start in the first start, now it was Stroll's turn. And from starting second, I think it was down to fourth or fifth by the end of the start-finish grid. <laughs> Gasly overtook him, Raikkonen overtook him, Giovinazzi overtook him. I even think that Sainz may have gone through as well. This is <laughs> really bad start for him. Yeah, from then on, pretty much, I would say nothing happened, really. Max Verstappen, lap 30, had to pull out uh, engine issues. But, I don't know, it was a fight in between the Alpha Tauri of Gasly, the McLarens of Science Norris, and the racing point of Stroll. Yeah, and... Striking uh, couldn't keep up. Yeah, and Hamilton trying to, like, rescue some points. Yeah. And Hamilton, uh, sorry, Bottas 
trying to, to climb, but find him incapable of doing so and have more trouble keeping Ricardo behind him than actually trying to charge onto Norris in front of him. Yeah, so if you, you have followed us, you will know that we were completely wrong on the podium, so it yeah. was a shocker. Yeah, after an amazing race, Pierre Gasly finishes as the winner. The first win for Alpha Tauri slash Toro Rosso since I want to say 2008. I might be, no, not 2008. It can't be. I don't remember which year it was. I would, uh, but last time they won was Sebastian Vettel at Monza. So, and we know how good he became. Could that be the future of Pierre Gasly? Who knows? Yeah. He's been impressive this season. Uh, I don't think we've talked that much about him, but he's been impressive. And yeah, I can't. I'm happy for him to win this race because he did such an amazing race. Yeah, like he he did everything right over the last restart. Yeah. Uh, we talked to the, talked about this before so hitting record here. And because it was Gasly leading with Sainz in second, and it was pretty much in between them. Stroll in third was out of reach for, for Sainz, and, and Norris in uh, in fourth was out of reach of Stroll. So they kind of just raced on, but Sainz was on the hunt for Gasly, inching closer, ever closer for like every single lap. Yeah, I think so. Like a tenth, two tenths, a few hundreds, and like always getting a little bit closer. Yeah. Signs were visibly annoyed in the end, like he did that they didn't catch him, but then he like yeah. rethought the situation, like it's second place, like I should be satisfied with that. Yeah, but at the same time, I can understand them because it's going to be hard to find a better position to win a Grand Prix than in this one, where there's no Mercedes involved, no Red Bulls involved. It's another midfield team that he has to beat. Yeah. The Alpha of Pierre this, is, this is a gift, like eliminating all the top competition. Yeah. And imagine if this is what it looks like in two years, where every team is fighting for it. Yeah. And yes, I know this was a very bad race for Mercedes, but what if this can become a little, a little bit more common? We can see Alpha Tauri, McLaren, Racing Point on the podium. Yeah, we will. That would be we could amazing. we could see like a maybe five or six drivers fighting to the end of the season about the championship. Yeah, I mean that's almost a wet dream, but hopefully it'll <laughs> come kind of close to reality. Hopefully we won't have a winner by the n last race. Mm. Then in the future, that's the goal, according to me. Yeah. And we, we already mentioned now Pierre Gasly, he went up nine positions in the race, best climber, together with, uh, I, I mentioned him already, Latifi, starting P9 at, at the restart, actually finishing 11th, just outside the point. Yeah, and, and this is the second the time. Of, of, uh, of Williams, yeah, Steve Williams. That's the second time he does this. Yeah. But and in the end, he, he was nine seconds off Perez, but I mean... Yeah. And he seems to be doing uh, this every time we have a strange race, a really strange race. He seems to be doing yeah. 
Well, he did in his first race, and it came last. Yeah. Here, he was ahead of five drivers. And it was Grandjean, Raikkonen, Russell, Albon, surprisingly. Red Bull had an awful race. And Giovinazzi in last. But, I mean, there are the there are the guys he's supposed to beat, or not supposed to beat, but there are the ones in range. The Haas, the Alfa Romeos, his teammate Russell, uh, Albon should yeah, be down there. Him but, beating Albon yeah. is big. Yeah, and I, I don't know what happened. Just like we talk about Mercedes having a bad race, Bottas in fifth, Hamilton. We actually, Dan actually mentioned this. He fought his way, fought his way all the way up to seventh in the end. Which is really impressive. And with the fastest lap, he only dropped three points on Valtteri Bottas. Which is just scary. He finished just 10 seconds behind Bottas on track. Which is just, he should not be able to do this. But he did. So. And to put that into context, that pretty much means since the restart, he did the rest of the race like 15 seconds faster than Bottas yeah. over those laps. And yes, that's not a lot per lap, but it's still. he's it, And he's overtaking cars while doing this. Bottas is in DRS behind Norris, unable to overtake him. But still, he has constant DRS. And still, Hamilton is gaining on him during the entire piece. So, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it him. was an amazing race, like uh, entertainment wise. Oh yes, I've never sat uh, sat more straight up during a F1 race up to the do final. Do you lap. realize now how much problems I actually had to not spoil this to you because you watch it after after the race? Yeah, yeah I'm impressed no. that you didn't mention anything. I just no, <laughs> I have to talk about it. Yeah, and and. This is the first race this season I've not been able to watch live. Yeah. I had to watch it a few hours later because I've been out of, out of town this weekend. Yeah, I was so. like I I was in like this was one of the most exciting races when it comes to like what will happen I have seen in a long time. Yeah. And actually, funny when you think uh, when I look back now, because at the time of the race starting, I was watching qualifying from the day before, <laughs> trying to catch up what happened in qualifying if there was anything interesting there to talk about. So I could have watched the race, but I knew I wouldn't be able to finish it because uh, I was on a yeah bus ride on the way home. So I was like, I'm just gonna watch qualifying for now, and I'll, I'll watch the race tonight. Yeah. And yeah, the one race. I I'm couldn't be there and live texting with I'm you. I'm so uh, happy. Yeah. yeah, I had a serious problem not texting you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no! Like, but uh, the f I, I'm so happy that you actually saw the race the same day. Oh yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, oh my God! If I have, would have uh, had to wait, uh, been waiting for days to like get this out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was literally in tears at the end of the race with Gasly winning and his uh, what he said over the radio to to his team. Like, what did we just do? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we did it again! <laughs> like, 
yeah, I loved hearing that. The question is now is is this like a statement to Red Bull about his like how good he is? Well, I would say this shows what Red Bull saw in Gasly when they promoted him last season. Yeah. But when they promoted because he was doing he was doing well, but he was doing wasn't doing exceptional for Toro Rosso at the start of the season. This Gasly that we see this year, like there I have heard a people inside F1 talking about he's the third most impressive driver this season. Like, and I don't remember who the top two was. Oh no, I believe it was Hamilton and Verstappen actually. Yeah. That was one and two. And they named Gasly as the third best driver in F1 right now. And that is high praise. And he's been impressive, definitely. I, I, I'm not gonna hide that. He's been very good this season. Yeah, and I think to actually say that he's third best. That's. Yeah. I think it was during yeah. last week, some late last week. I actually saw a video about, or it was this weekend. Red Bull's team prince I, is what's the name again? Helmut Marco. Admitting that it's not the same parts in the both cars. Yeah, for Verstappen and Albin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Like, uh, yeah, that could explain a little bit. A little bit, yes. And, but also the thing, like, since Verstappen became the leader of that team, which he started to become during Ricardo's time there, since their that time, when they started to build the team, the car around Verstappen, all his teammates, even Ricardo, to some extent, but absolutely Al Gasly and now Alba, don't have the raw pace to keep up with Verstappen. And that, that doesn't mean that they are bad drivers. That just means because Verstappen is, I would say, a generational talent. He, it, if, if Hamilton wasn't here, he, it, Verstappen would have already won a uh, driver's championship. Oh, no yeah. doubt about it. But <laughs> because Hamilton is here, the best, probably the best driver, the F1 driver the world has ever seen, that's why we haven't seen Verstappen yeah. taking every driver's championship. If I have to like really choose in one way to be the second driver in a team, I would not want to be behind Verstappen. Because being compared to him all the time, that's rough. Yeah. And uh, like Alvin is he's currently around four tenths behind. Four to five tenths behind Verstappen in every qualifying pretty much. And that's around what Gasly was last season. It was around that four to five seconds behind him in every single qualifying section. And that was seen as too bad. But I would almost say that what Albon, what Gasly last year, but absolutely this year, what Albon is getting out of that Red Bull is where the Red Bull is actually at. The Red Bull is a top midfield team, not a top team. What Verstappen is getting out of it is more than the than the car really has in it, I would say. Because just like Hamilton is getting more out of the Mercedes than it has, I would say Verstappen is doing even more uh, of that with the Red Bull. I would actually agree with that. Yeah. So I think Albin, with the car it's had, I think it's getting out almost. It may, it, this race, no. 
but also Verstappen had a stinker. I yeah. think it was, I want to say 13th by the time he decided to, or when a team decided to pull him in to, to retire. Um, but so, but normally I would say Albin isn't getting out what is possible with their car. Yeah, I would say it was, just a, it was a total stinker for the top teams in Haas. Yeah, and I said, I've already mentioned it a few times, I'm so happy that a prediction was wrong. Because yeah. this was way more interesting than any race I could think up in my head. And can you really think, McLaren actually came second and fourth. Yeah. And, and also, uh, mentioning that, Lando Norris finished qualifying in sixth. He was unhappy. He felt he could have done better. He was sixth. <laughs> and I think, no, I could have done better. Yeah. I've got more in me than I got out of the car today. And, and apparently like, he had. He, he, he was did. less than a tenth behind Verstappen. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was less, uh, sorry. No, he was exactly one tenth behind Paris in fourth. Yeah. And Verstappen, I, I remember that also qualifying. He wasn't happy at all. No. I can understand but him. He's supposed to be like up there, like yeah, fighting with the Mercedes. Yeah. But those other guys being disappointed, like Norris being disappointed by how close he is, that's rough. Yeah, yeah and, and then if you look at it, Neville Norris in sixth is a full second behind Lewis Hamilton in third. <laughs> but that's just that's just how quick the Mercedes are. Although, like we saw for Hamilton, for Bottas. It seemed like they uh, did the wrong settings for the car this weekend. So that's also because actually that thing made me really look forward to some races here because all of a sudden the Mercedes car wasn't running away with it because it chose the wrong settings. Yeah. That can now dictate a race. And Mercedes are used to using two to three different engine settings throughout the race, apparently, according to someone in Mercedes working inside the team right now, they used to use two to three settings during the race weekend, including the party mode that it was dubbed. I, so I always have funny pictures in my head when I hear that, uh, that uh, word party mode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully, uh, I mean, they're I probably going to figure it out and they're going to be just as fast as they yeah. used to be. But the fact that they now did a mistake with Bottas' settings for the car, and he really struggled. Yes, he came in fifth, but for Mercedes, that's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that gives me a little bit of hope for the season. Yeah, I, want it might happen again. I want more of this. Yeah. Minus the crashes. Uh, yes. I, we never see want to see any crashes. <laughs> yeah. I know it's part of racing and it's a dangerous sport. And we're just happy that Leclerc suffered no injuries and the vessel uh, got no injuries when his brakes failed. Yeah. You know, we're just happy that nothing happened. But, but sadly, crashes are part of this. Yeah, and crashes like Leclerc's crash makes me realize how, lo how far this sport has gone when it comes to security for the drivers. Yeah. Like, he uh, was going pretty freaking fast and he got no injuries. Yeah, I can even mention in the Schumacher era, 
I would be, w- I would have been more wor- worried for him than I was now, even more worried. I was worried now, but in that era, it was worse than now. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, I think that's enough talk about the last race because we need to move on to the upcoming race, the Tuscan Grand Prix being held at the Autodromo Internazionale del Mugello, Mugello, sorry, or just the Mugello Circus if you want to say it in English. It's located in Tuscany, Italy. And this race is going to be the first ever held at the circuit. It's owned by Scuderia Ferrari, and they use it for F1 practice, not practice, but testing. So it's been used, but never for a race in Formula 1. Now, the track is 5.2 kilometers or 3.2 miles long. It has 15 corners. Uh, Apparently, they're going to race it for 59 laps in the race, and it's going to total 309 uh, kilometers. Now, it's going to have just one DRS straight and one detection zone, and it's going to be down the start-finish straight, which is very long here on the circuit, with a little bend uh, towards the end of it, but still a straight. Now, because I've never actually seen anyone driving around here, I don't know about overtaking positions or anything like that. And just looking at just the overlay of the, of the circuit, it seems to be just medium and fast, uh, medium and high speed corners. No, no heavy braking zones, no slow corners in onto a, a big uh, straight. So, yeah, I don't know where the overtaking is going to be, and it's yeah, therefore kind of hard to talk anything about more more about it. So with that, it's going to be hard to to do any kind of prediction but i mean that's that's what we do so you want to start us off uh, oh yeah and uh, my first uh, little topic is here uh, in this thing is will ferrari beat the other teams with the same engine <laughs> will they will they win the ferrari battle yeah as i believe they call it like yeah, and it, uh, I didn't mention that actually. Now we're talking about the race. This is actually going to be the thousandth Grand Prix for Ferrari in F1. So it's a special weekend for them. Yeah. So for their sake, let's hope that someone with that engine can do something b- good. Well, yeah, that's for the Ferrari in itself. But I think for the Italian people that's interested in F1, it needs to be the Ferrari team. Yeah, but I was just thinking if they can't get that, the second best (laughs) thing. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, Leclerc points. I mean, he's been the better driver of the two this season. Uh, So maybe we can hope for some Leclerc points. (laughs) But it's going to be tough. Because it feels like this circuit is... I don't know. It's it's hard. I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be a Spa or a a Monza where it's super fast. But it does probably require a lot of high speed cornering, and I don't think that's Ferrari's strength either. Yeah, I actually <laughs> want to say that uh, this one thousand race 
could not come on a worse season. No. <laughs> no way. I mean, if it came last season, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the best we've seen Ferrari in years. This is like, oh my god! Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think they should be happy in one way that Italian people can't be there. Well, some of them will be. Oh shit! Because part of the Ferrari located still in Italy has been invited to watch since it's a very special race for Ferrari. So they're actually going to be people on the stands here. So they but will it's have... only going to be Ferrari people. There's not any tickets for sale, what I know. Yeah. But they're actually going to be people watching from Ferrari. So there will so... actually be a lynch mob there. In a way, yes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last people you want to be there if you for... want, want to have there if you're Ferrari. Yeah. And I, like, I don't see yeah. them like climbing out of this hole in this race, sadly. I want them to oh. do that. I want to see them climb out of this hole, make a good race. I wish them that because like 1,000 race, come on, uh, like, let's give, him, leave them, give them a good race there. But I don't think they will do that. No, like I don't see it this ending this season. Not it might much. get a little bit better next season because they're apparently allowed to do some kind of engine upgrades going into next season. I if How I much worse can it actually get? They might actually be as fast as the midfield team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I'm, a thing, what I'm thinking, like, how much worse can it actually get? They can finish 19th and 20th every single race. Yeah, of course. But and like, Williams will overtake them and there will be the worst car with the Ferrari yeah. engine in it. It can always get worse. Yeah, but for the optimists right. out there, like almost all possibilities is upwards. Yeah. But I don't see it happening here. No. I, I see them there. having a terrible, terrible like. Yeah. I can hope that a Claire gets a 10. And at least gets a point for Ferrari. Oh, yeah, that would be massive. But even that, I think, is going to be tough. Yeah. Imagining us saying that a year ago, uh, or listening to us ourselves now a year ago, saying that one point will be tough for Ferrari. We will call ourselves crazy. Yeah. Yeah, or wondering, what are they been watching? <laughs> or what are they on? Yeah. Or that, <laughs> but yeah, that's. I guess they did run the engine in a mode that is no longer allowed, and that's why they're weak this season. Yeah, because they're not allowed to run the engines like they did last year. But yeah, do uh, like do you see anything happen? <laughs> Exciting. Do you see this possibility? Like that last race was. Oh yeah, they like. You could, if you betted on that before the race, congratulations, you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, we got some positives going into this race, I think. Yeah, a lot, One, of, a lot of the midfield. There haven't been racing on this circuit before. Yeah. So, no team except Ferrari comes into the circuit knowing more than anyone else. They will know a lot more, but I don't think they're in a position to take advantage of it, maybe get 
Leclerc on the 10th place, you know? So it's going to even out the playing field in that sense. Yeah, like they, they have and, uh, the knowledge about this track, but that I don't think it will save them enough. No, but it's going to keep the rest of it even, and that's what mm -hmm. I'm hoping for. The second thing I think will make this, will might, might make this an interesting race, is that since the new edits of you can only have one engine mode, Mercedes definitely chose wrong in in last race. We already met, we already touched about that quite a bit with Bottas. So they need to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, and that was a track that F1 has been driving on before. Yeah, this is a totally new track. I have yes. seen in other motorsports what happens when you're on a totally new track. It can go yeah. so wrong in so many ways. And if Mer Mercedes doesn't get the right setup, they can be screwed. Well, we saw what happened last race when, when Bottas didn't have the right setup. He yeah. couldn't pass the midfield, the high midfield, but still the midfield cars. Yeah. So, so that might be a little bit shine in the dark, uh, maybe. But they still now they have a week to figure out how to set up that car, and yeah, then we'll then we'll see what they learn driving around Mugello on Friday and Saturday. But that might make it slightly more interesting. Yeah, so I'm going with a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to be brave here for the top. Let's actually be brave. I'm going Hamilton. Okay, that's not brave. <laughs> I'm going Hamilton. It won't be totally brave here, but uh, if you continue to do like top five or something, it would be a little bit interesting. Hamilton, Verstappen, Sainz. <laughs> and I'm actually continuing that list with Gasly. Mm. No Boras in top five. Yeah, funny enough, um, when I was thinking through my top three, just as you started talking about it, I thought, I'm like, Hamilton is still going to win. Yeah. And Verstappen, I think this this going to suit uh, the the Red Bull. Yeah, I think his biggest opposition is a crash. Yes. I think this car, what I can see, because, yeah, like right now I'm sitting looking at a map of the circuit. You know, not the topography or anything like that, just how the corners are laid out and stuff like that. And I'm thinking that Racing Point might have trouble with the circuit. So I always felt like they're, they're best when high speed is part of it. And I always feel like if they need to start turning, they're not as good anymore. They're still good. They're still a high top end midfield team, but they're not running away with it. So I would go with something like science too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, although Renault, maybe, uh, I said maybe Gasly can throw in his banner, which I would love him, love for him to do. But yeah, I'm gonna join with you though. They're not gonna figure out it for Bottas. No. He's gonna have another poor race. More than that, um, I'm going to say, well, Leclerc is going to win the Ferrari race. 
Uh, all Ferraris or the true Ferrari cars? No, the cars with the Ferrari engine. Okay. He's going to win it. Uh, come 10th, get one point. Um, behind him is going to be either Grandjean or Raikkonen. Is my guess. I don't think... Magnussen seems to talk up the car performance, but he never really gets it to work. While Grosjean doesn't really talk about it, but he gets it to work. <laughs> oh yeah, how Haas are actually climbing a little bit in the right direction. Yeah, as, as is Alfa Romeo. And that's scary for Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a big risk. I'm hoping Leclerc will get best of, of the Ferraris, but it might also be a risk that Ferrari might be the worst team with the Ferrari engine soon. Yeah. If they don't get atop of their bad aerodynamics, bad aerodynamics, which I don't know how they can do. Not at this pace, not at this time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going with both Ferraris will actually drive the whole race yeah i'm gonna uh, yeah I'll, i like that i hope that can be so yeah i really hope so like and uh, i i don't think this will be the race where latifi ends up 11 again no i don't think so because he seems to only be doing that when the race gets totally crazy well, to be fair, coming back to the thing that they haven't raced here before. Oh, yeah. Who knows? There might be a lot of people not really knowing the turn light out and just... I think we will have one or two DNFs, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think there will be the Ferrari cars this time. Yeah, hopefully not. At least not. Yeah, not the, the Ferrari. Who knows if it's a house or a Romeo, but yeah. I'm going to say this, though. I think Russell will continue and beat Latifi in qualifying. Oh, yeah. I think it's him and Verstappen right now, I think, that have won every qualifying against their teammates so far. I think I'm right in saying that. So, yeah. Last race, he went 21-0 against Kibita. And although I would say Latifi is a better driver than Kubica, Russell is still very good in quality. So it's going to be tough for uh, to, for Latifi to beat him there, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really hope that we will get an upset in a way like pull us out of top five. Yeah. I like the guy personally, but still, I want to see like. Out of the top drivers, if you t take the top three, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, he seems the one most likely to fall out yeah. if the car doesn't fully work for him. I would, yeah, and uh, put uh, Verstappen and Bottas in the same car, and Verstappen wins. Yes. If the car is not totally impossible for Verstappen to drive. 
Which I wonder what kind of car that would be, because it feels like you can do quite a lot with quite a bit different cars. Yeah, let's try a <laughs> tricycle. Hamilton can do that. Let's that, see. That's that's not a car, <laughs> or at least not to my knowledge. Ask Hamilton. <laughs> a tricycle is a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uses it everywhere, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like in that race, we actually finished in three weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, is that a try? No, that's yeah, try three. Yeah, it yeah, interesting. <laughs> that's where that T-shirt came out. That is uh, funny, like uh, that I can still win with three wheels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, to I end on that, just talking about drivers. Um, I think Hamilton, he's running away with this. I think it's already over. Yeah. He's gonna win his seventh question mark title i'm not actually sure right now i think it's seventh right equal to schumacher i believe that's seven let's check yeah and it will be I'll seven go. yeah and i think mercedes is going to weigh and win the double again yeah. no doubt about that and i think red bull will come second he have 157 podiums I think he's already the leader with that, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I think he is. I don't have that stat on me but, uh, here. But yeah. That's some yeah. impressive stats. I think it's wins. That is, is it wins? He's still not number one. I, I don't actually don't know him that. I think it's something else. It's he doesn't have the most driver uh, driver standing uh, driver championships. <laughs> can't speak tonight not yet uh yeah exactly he has one less than schumacher at the moment and i think there's another record that he's on the verge of beating but he doesn't quite have it yet maybe total points i don't know no i think because of the new system uh, he definitely has more points yeah. Ma than grand, anyone else in grand, grand prix and that he should all also be top because they're driving more races for you yeah I think it's either podiums finished or race one or something like that. He's. I want to. I don't know where I'm getting this from, but I feel like someone has got a 92 wins. I might be wrong. That's what my brain is telling me right now. That someone has done 92 wins, and I said Hamilton's reach 90 if he wins the Mugello. That might be me wrong, and I'm mixing up with something else, and it's got nothing to do with that. But that's what my brain is telling me right now. Let's check it. Yeah. Most wins, Formula One. Schumacher with 91. 91, okay, so he needs 92. Oh, couldn't Lew Hamilton wo wo have won the last race because he would have, Hamilton has 89. Imagine him he yeah. getting to 91 on Ferrari's home soil. Oh, that would also been rude. Right now, he could. Oh, yeah. He could have equaled Schumacher in the 1,000 Ferrari Grand Prix. Yeah. Instead, he can reach 90 in Ferrari's 1,000 Grand Prix. Rude. That would have been really rude. It's like being as most uh, as many wins as Schumacher on Ferrari's home field. Yeah. Now, now he's going to wait. Um, and nobody really like Vettel is third with 53. 
Like nobody <laughs> touches those guys. <laughs> wow. Then it's a little bit closer, uh, like closer at least. But still, like nobody touches them. <laughs> and Vettel has four drivers standing, yeah. <laughs> driving championship, which is really good. And if we Isn't check, he like third in the history with that. Wh who's? F Vettel. Yeah, Vettel is third with fifty-three. Yeah, and f third with four drivers championship. I think he is. Yeah. And uh, if we check our <laughs> own guys here, we're based in Sweden. We have a guy who has won 10. We do? Ronnie Pearson oh. won 10. Oh, right. 10 races. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the wrong Wait thing. Wait a now. minute. Did <laughs> yeah. James Hunt only win 10 races? Hmm. Impressive. How? And he became a. Uh, he, he won. How did that happen? Maybe he won them all 10 in one year? Yeah, exactly. Like, but with <laughs> today's standards, like uh, that, he must have won all in one year with today's standards. Yeah, I mean, he did like that year. He won. Uh, he became the champion. It was the year that Nicolaura, his biggest rival, was oh, yeah. out injured for most of the season. That's actually the guy I'm looking for. So that would make it easier to win yeah. that season. He has won 25. Yeah, he drove for way longer than uh, Hunt too. But yeah. Yeah, and he was more stubborn in that. Like, he's crazy. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> How did they <laughs> let him drive that famous race when he came back? I don't know. Yeah, but that's why did he want to drive? Okay, I, I can understand why he wanted to yeah. drive because he wanted to go back yeah. there and he wanted to try to fight with James Hunt for that. But yeah, and we we yeah. are ridiculously out of topic. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it just happened, didn't it? It th this happened like this. If if you haven't already heard it well before on early podcast, this was just a glimpse into how it is to know us outside of the podcast scene because yeah. we talk about one thing and then. We at all at least about we're a completely different thing. Yeah, at least we're still <laughs> in Formula One. Be happy about we're that. Sti we're still in Formula One. I think another podcast we literally left motorsports as a whole during one of our conversations. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you know what we're talking about, yay, good yeah. good job. But that is but actually, yeah, that, that is actually like an important stat to know that Schumacher had ninety one. Hamilton has 89, like that's close. Yeah, and that's the thing to keep track of for the rest of the season. Because I have no doubt, to be fair, that Hamilton is going to beat that record this season. Yeah, and I, w I would like to s actually want to see, uh, what, what is it, uh, s how many starts they had, like how long it did it take oh yeah wins per start yeah like how kind of long stuff. did that take to get there for Schumacher how many starts did it actually take we need to look that up I don't think we're going to be able to do it in this no. podcast because it's probably going to take a little while to get all the stats together but it's definitely an interesting stuff interesting because that stuff. is like if the in the big comparing universe which we do yeah those drivers are really up there. 
Yeah, they're they are the number one and two in the world, and, and then different people names different. Yeah. Uh, one of them is number one, and the other one is number two. And I would actually say, but, even if yeah. Hamilton passes him in wins, that stat race isn't over. No, because if I'm not miscorrect here, Schumacher should have been driving a lot of fewer races per season. Yeah, and it, yeah, that's. That's the interesting thing, and it's the thing we need to look up. Yeah, and they're uh, driving to yeah. uh, into totally different eras, so that it's really hard to like compare. Yeah, they were the dominant driver in both of the eras, but it's definitely a different. There's it's just so many differences. So in that sense, you really can't compare them, but at the same time, it's fun. And it's kind of hard to, to not do it when they're probably the two best drivers that the F1 has ever seen. And UK is actually yeah. the most successful country in Formula 1. I'm not surprised. They have 293 wins against Germany's 179. <laughs> They've had a lot of good drivers. Yeah, they really have. I mean, just now, I believe, yeah, right now we have three... Uh, British drivers versus one German, not counting Nico Hulkenberg, since he was only doing, he was in two race weekends, one race. But that kind of helps when you have several of the same nationality at the same time. So yeah. This is not the only time that has happened. So. Yeah, but those are really interesting stats. We, we, we could deep dive in this for hours, personally. Yes. But we don't want to have to sit, have you sit and listen to it. So no, that's torture. But yeah, we're going to do it on our time. And if you want to look it up, it, it's out there, right on the internet. Yeah. And Everything you want to know. Yeah, and, and I think it's really valid information because uh, like everyone, when you talk about who's the best in history, those are the guys to compare. Yeah. But it's like, like football. Uh, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi. Oh, yeah. Although they, they are at the same time, so that helps. Oh, While Schumacher and Hamilton was a very different... Yeah, and the most uh, of their careers, they've actually been in the same league, but, uh, which also helps. Yes. So that was actually a really bad comparison now that we started talking about it, but I tried. <laughs> yeah. I still like it here. Do you have anything to like add to our prediction box? No, I'm 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 feeling kind of good. Yeah, same here. Uh, so time to round yeah. this up, up then. Yeah, and uh, we we started this show talking about how Claire and Sir Frank Williams have left F1. And without knowing before, um, this is also the week where this is going to be the last time you're going to hear me at both this, pod this podcast and other podcasts on the podcast. Po uh, yep, yeah, podcast. That's that's the right one. I, I thought I thought I said wrong there for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, after a long time, I've really enjoyed being part of this. But I felt like it was time to try some new stuff. And uh, yeah, I have some interesting things lined up for this fall. I'm really looking forward to trying. So it's been really fun. And 
it's nothing. Uh, we're still very good friends. It's nothing about um, in, in between us. It's literally only that I wanted to try different stuff. So, but yeah, it's it's been really fun. And if you listen to us rambling throughout all these times we recorded these, then thank you. And I will hope that you will uh, like whatever comes next, because I know this is going to be still be coming podcast uh, podcast on this channel, even when I'm not involved. And yeah, I just wish you a for now a very good week. And yeah, that's that's it for me, and that's it for us for this time. So yeah, goodbye. Bye.